Hello, my name is Teresa Calvano and I'm the head of the technology practice at Ruth Pedersen Public Affairs Brussels. You are listening to Europe's Digital Frontrunners, a podcast series brought to you by Ruth Pedersen to explore the D9 Plus group. As you may know, this is an informal alliance of the digital ministers of some EU member states that want to promote utilization, implementation and sharing of best practices of digitalization. These countries are driving the EU tech agenda and that's why we're eager to hear their voices. Thank you, Teresa, and hello to our listeners. Um, I am Claudio Murray. I'm a senior advisor at Ruth Pedersen Public Affairs in uh, Brussels, and I am delighted to welcome you to the fifth episode of our series of podcasts on Europe's digital frontrunners. Today, we have the privilege and the pleasure to host uh, Mr. Ivan Bartish, who is the Deputy Prime Minister in charge of digitization and of regional development uh, for the Czech Republic. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Bartish. Okay, thank you and uh, hello to everyone. Just as a quick introduction for our audience, Mr. Bartish has an in-depth expertise on information technology. He holds a PhD in information science, which is the whole set of skills basically that you need to survive in the information society that we live in today. And uh, prior to his involvement in politics, he worked for a number of years uh, for both Czech and multinational IT companies. So, uh, Mr. Bartosz, I would say that you are the most appropriate person to have a conversation with us on how the D9 plus countries are driving the EU tech agenda, especially given that your country has just hosted the spring's ministerial meeting of this group. Uh, so, first of all, can you, can you tell us how the meeting has gone and can you share some of its concrete outcomes? The fact that the D9 Plus, uh, it has just one meeting and of the previous day and in the morning where we also invited the representatives of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of a business uh, leading structures of each country. So, we even had that pre-meeting when we talk about the needs of the business because as far as we understand the necessity of digital transformation, uh, not considering the war on Ukraine and which brings it even into the more relevant relevant time and place. Uh, so we first discussed the things with the, with the representatives of business legislators as well because we cannot do the transformation by ourselves. It's not the legislation, it's not the expertise of the government, but it's close cooperation between business, NGOs, and the individual governments and European Union, uh, European Union uh, as a one piece. And uh, it was a pretty inspiring, uh, inspiring meeting, uh, not just because uh, for me, we are looking forward to have a Czech presidency, but there were things that are about to be accelerated, especially due to Putin's aggression on Ukraine, which uh, makes uh, countries and uh, the European uh, transatlantic relation with US even more important than before. So we were addressing mainly that cooperation because, and in matter of fact, historically under the Trump's administration, you know, it didn't work as well, especially with standardization, discussing the safe harbor, 
data flows, right? Approaching to the similar problems that we have because our companies and enterprises are in US and US uh, companies deliver to government and to the people services in Europe. So we ended up with, uh, with uh, uh, I think, pretty, pretty good uh, chairs uh, uh, summary of that then agreed by all participants, which were original nine plus countries, but Slovakia and Slovenia were invited as a guests. So we spent two days together. Thank you, Mr. Bartos, for this very comprehensive summary of, of the meeting uh, you mentioned that he has focused uh, particularly on the transatlantic uh, cooperation in the technology space and and you mentioned that the uh, transatlantic relations in general uh, as well as the technology space have been a bit rocky in in the past uh, for example you also uh, pointed out that our philosophies in areas such as privacy can be quite divergent uh, things seem to have gotten better with the launch of the TTC late, uh, late last year. Um, although the, the US have been uh, very vocal in criticizing some of the EU legislative initiatives in this space, like the DSA and the DMA. Uh, so, of course, the, the crisis in Ukraine has uh, changed the whole scenario, uh, imposing a common strategy for democratic countries. Uh, uh, so is this a sort of a, a new beginning of, of the relationship uh, uh, with, with the U.S. and uh, is, is this something that uh, is being led by the D9 countries or, or is this a new uh, view from the whole of the EU member states? Considering the technologies or our role, for example, in recently launched TTC platform uh, will be significant and I think Europe, Europe can uh, can have a, uh, one voice because we are able to find an understanding between 27 uh, on a digital files, digital rights, and what I really appreciated, it all becomes be a customer or citizen-centric approach, which I appreciate. Okay, but um, the European Commission and, and some member states have been very vocal in the past couple of years uh, with this idea of uh, Europe needing to reach self-reliance uh, in, in digital. Um, somebody called it digital sovereignty. Uh, it uh, actually worried certain people, especially in industry, about uh, the protectionistic aspects of this. And, uh, and now we are relaunching the cooperation with the US. Uh, so how, how does uh, the digital sovereignty objective change, if at all, under the present circumstances? Even the COVID showed us how hard it is from the point of view of globalization and connected supply chain address such critical moments, right? When uh, we've got so significant and I would say even disaster as the war in Ukraine led by Putin is, you know, you even maybe more review who is your ally in cooperation, considering protecting the values of a Western democratic uh, society and European democratic society. And in, in matter of fact, US and EU are close partners. So uh, basically, rather than talking about the concurrence, which is always okay, 
we talk about the cooperation that could bring us faster and better results. And uh, I think, and it was even said in the morning, because we've got representatives of QS invited for the, for the initial breakfast, uh, that uh, we are trying to find a common ground on standardization, as well as if you consider a business development to put a standards that would concern about privacy, about open software, freedom of the internet, regarding the needs of uh, companies that are also developing for the internet area, internet of things, you know, and implementing new technologies. In matter of fact, historically, uh, we were trying to catching up something that already happened, right? Those are then files DSA, DMA, when we are trying to put some uh, rights, regulations or limits to already existing problem of, you know, sharing the data between, between companies and not sufficient customer protection considering how you can advertise to them platforms etc but we open also the new things that we are right now in the moment when the time will change for example artificial intelligence which obviously just considering 100 implementations in e-government of ei in finland is a future of where the technology gonna go and there are no standards set yet france probably gonna finish one part of the EA files for the artificial intelligence and the heavy part will be on the Czech Republic. And we have to be on the same boat, and I'm pirate, so I would use that, uh, of uh, we, of course, want to protect the privacy, which is done by the regulation, right, and fair usage of the resources of the market. But on the other way, uh, you don't want to do it the way that you actually please the development or somehow uh, or somehow slow down the inventions that are bringing to the market, uh, even to the customers and to the citizens, obvious benefits of making things easier. And uh, right now it's, it's a good time to set up, set up those limitations or barriers or options, create, let's say, regulatory sandboxes when uh, implementers can test their application, if it fits the need. It's interesting that uh, you uh, link very strongly the, the development of uh, the regulatory uh, activity at EU level with uh, the need uh, not to discourage uh, innovation and the development of, of new technologies in the market. Now, uh, the member states uh, have had um, several different approaches to, for example, allowing um, the foreign companies to access the EU market and provide services, especially to governments. And I, I wonder what is your view uh, in this respect? Again, a big question, and it went to all discussions lately, not considering the digital, is the security is a resilience based on closed, uh, closed uh, um, market chains of delivering goods of any type on the market of individual states. And some of them paths are obviously closed, right? China's long time being thought as a competitor. Russia declared uh, declare NATO, NATO members as enemy. 
and a lot of states are also a member of the EU and the NATO. So we also have to approach that. So the things won't be as it were before Putin invades Ukraine. And we have to address that. And I was actually happy, even on the previous meeting of the ministers in France, in the verse, that uh, we are updating you know, uh, the priorities based on the current situation. But on the other hand, the long-term goals should be achieved wisely, not under the pressure. And we agreed on that as well. Which indeed is uh, reflected in the very dense uh, summary that uh, you in your role as uh, chair published uh, immediately after the meeting. Almost each paragraph has got its implication, right, on how we will behave in the future. What is the role of EU in that transatlantic discussion? And we were discussing historically digital taxes, right? We need the data flow, let's say, under the sea to US, you know, but we have to specify how it's gonna be so it wouldn't be threatened by obviously valid use case when the, when the Facebook was addressed of a, uh, let's say, misuse of the data. And uh, Europe is a strong market uh, considering the number of people, but also developed market of, uh, of the IT specialists. So, and it's fruitful cooperation with US and we, we have to understand it that way. Yes, but I, I, I noticed that there is, of course, a, a number of items that, uh, as you mentioned, require continue uh, the work on regulation in the EU. But there is also one chapter that says, you know, that in order to have a resilient uh, digital um, um, environment, you need to invest in digital infrastructure. In, in particular, um, there was a, a mention to the need to concentrate on the development and standardization of the 6G in the EU, which I'm not sure requires uh, their cooperation with the US, but, but it's an interesting point and uh, linked to the, uh, the, the crisis in Ukraine uh, where the terrestrial infrastructure was under attack and destroyed by the, the, the Russian invasion. And, and so they, re they relied on satellite, for example, and, and different uh, means of uh, connection. So connectivity is very important. And uh, um, I was wondering, like, what, what is your view on this development and standardization of 6G in Europe? Uh, it's more of how the network would be constructed, what the components would be used, you know, uh, to, pro to provide the, the network functioning. The historical uh, discussion that we had with the building of BTS and mobile infrastructure was what companies of origin would participate on that. And it's not just like the, uh, and I don't know who's, who's listening to the broadcast, but it's not like the BDS, uh, BTS antennas, right? It's uh, how, the, how the telecommunication nuts would be processed, what software is going to be used. So all them questions are important. And uh, considering the cybersec, right? Uh, first of all, and uh, it still depends on the individual state, how strong or fragile is their infrastructure and uh, against the cyber attacks or whatever option of failover or just like disconnection a part of the network. Uh, that's, uh, and, but we share the knowledge and, you know, share the information about the, cyber threats, specific attacks, you know, malware codes. On the other hand is what is considered to be a safe, safe device, safe tool 
safe producer, how even Europe in some cases of specially delivery components for the ICT, and it's not only the network components, it is important when you make a chip alive, when you actually like start the chip, you know, what and under what circumstances is actually loaded in the definition of the chip. So we are still talking about the, not just the, the, the delivery of the technology to the market from whom you buy it. And if, if there is a, whatever reason, you just uh, are, is, are missing some components that you need for digital development and transformation, but also what its origin, you know, if it's trustful, trustful producer of such technology. So there are many issues that, uh, that, that are connected to, let's say this part of telco, because I still uh, divide that there is a network uh, uh, for the providing the internet access, but then there is a big, a big, uh, a big part that is a software to be considered to be safe to use applications, right? Social platforms. Uh, so all then uh, questions are open and we are getting to them uh, and, and setting some standards that then are applicable. And because uh, uh, we, we share the data, right? Through the, through the system, even with Europe, not only on the security basis of who travels where, uh, it's important to like have a common standards as well. Okay, so I know you are under time pressure. So maybe one last question uh, about the, the relationship between you as a member of the D9 plus and you as driver of the agenda of the EU during your presidency semester. So how, how do you see the Czech Republic playing that? Uh, what is your value uh, add to be part of the D9 plus uh, uh, versus being uh, chairing, for example, the Telecom Council? And, uh, and uh, how, how do you think you're going to use uh, your position in both places uh, to enhance uh, transatlantic relations? Okay, D9 Plus is a platform that I would even suggest is like more active and touching the delivery and implementation, right? It's like more more uh, action kind of do things fast, find a common understanding, start the thing. But then when you are uh, in European uh, presidency, like the Czech Republic is, you are the man in the middle who does not promote his, uh, uh, his, uh, his ideas to, let's say, discuss files such as AI will be or cybersec. Um, you trying to find a common understanding between uh, the European Commission 27, depends on what stage of a process you, you picked up after the France and move them files towards becoming a, a European legislation on standards. So the role is quite different. Uh, let's say we are active in, in different formats, considering the digitalization, but also other kind of cooperation. But, but once the Czech Republic would take a presidency, it's gonna be pretty soon, you are neutral from point of view. So you are the one who is trying to achieve agreement between 27 and the commission and the parliament depends on what what uh, what the part of the process uh, you you begin or what is your ambition to actually close uh, we will be focused on eid which should be universal identifier not traceable on open source software 
uh, that's a big question. We learn a lot from European COVID past, right? But uh, the complexity of having uh, universal uh, EID and uh, digital wallet is, is much harder. So our ambition is go as far as we can within that. And also, and it's gonna be hard closing the AI and I file uh, because there are still a lot of not discussed questions. And obviously when you ask me about the US, uh, Europe's got unique approach and we just try to find out uh, the best way to align it with the, let's say US standards. It's not just a standardization, but it was always then America was like more of pro-business approach considering them standards, which, which leaves you like a pretty good field for fast development. But uh, Europe is unique in that uh, citizen rights, right? As we introduced the GDPR before, uh, which was uh, something that, you know, we could probably manage better on the European level. But uh, there is always time I like to repair things. And I mean, uh, even in DSA, DMA, that, were, that are being finished right now, we are moving to some common understanding that we are democratic world and uh, we balance uh, the needs of all stakeholders, you know, because a customer is a citizen. A citizen cannot choose the government of who's gonna be the customer of, right? You can depict the services online, which you're gonna use, but, uh, on the government level, that's what government to provide you. And I think the cooperation of business and common understanding of a political point of view to on a business point of view is a, is a significant thing that we are trying to achieve. Well, as, as somebody who's been uh, working uh, on the business side of things uh, in the uh, media and technology industry for uh, all of my career, I really appreciate uh, this idea that uh, you you just described about all stakeholders, including industry, having to uh, be involved in this uh, regulatory dialogue. Uh, this is a concept uh, also that is very well emphasized uh, in the um, chairman summary of the meeting that you published, uh, which I, I find it's, it's a very good idea. Within the D9, with the communication on the business level with the major players, major platforms. And, uh, and we just need to create the ecosystem, right? That's stable in the future. And uh, even though we've got a lot of companies on the market from the States who are actively, you know, disturbing the, the, the let's say, citizen life in democratic society, not by the propaganda only, but like, collecting the data such as TikTok is, which is a Chinese product very popular uh, between youngsters in Europe. And uh, it's, it's a huge agenda, but there are a lot of people you know, who are dealing with that on specific files, implementation, sandboxes, testing, and uh, let's say even proving if them ideas on the very beginning, you know, last till the very end and you will just miss something that is important. Thank you very much, Mr. Bartosz, for, for your time, especially for your uh, perspectives, your views. Very, very interesting, especially in the, in the uh, prospect of, of your presidency of the EU, for which we, we give you our best wishes. And, um, and I hope that uh, we will be able to catch up again uh, another time. Thank you. Thank you very much.
And uh, of course, on behalf of uh, Root Person Public Affairs, uh, thank you for our listeners. I hope you uh, enjoyed this podcast. And uh, maybe um, if you think it was interesting, you might want to go back and uh, listen again to our previous ones that are uh, published on, on the same site. And uh, we hope that you will join us again soon.